What convinces you that Jesus is the Messiah? Let's talk about it in today's edition of Renew Network Podcast. Good morning. We're going to be covering a lot of ground today. We're in Luke chapter 7 still, and we're going to be in verses 18 on through um, the end of a section that's pretty lengthy uh, that takes us into verse 35. Um, Yesterday, um, we saw Jesus resurrect a dead young man and give this young man back to his mother who was in the throes of grief. And Jesus performed this remarkable miracle in the presence of many people. And uh, we discerned that um, it seemed they weren't quite sure, even on the basis of this resurrection, if Jesus was a prophet, the gift of God sent to help them, or if he was God. And today as we move into our passage, uh, we see that John the Baptist and his disciples are struggling with uh, the true identity of Jesus as well. And uh, so it's interesting that we have two very similar um, uh, teachings in a row. Um, And so it's all important as um, we see God's timing uh, in the scriptures here, uh, slowly but surely revealing the true identity of Christ to those with the eyes to see and the ears to hear. And certainly John was um, uh, receptive to the truth and picking up on uh, the signal that Jesus was indeed uh, sent from God, and um, and I think that he uh, was discerning that Jesus was in fact the Messiah. But there was some uh, uncertainty there, and this passage reveals that today. Um, this passage has quite a few um, of the direct statements of Jesus, and as always, those are the, the red letter statements. And uh, so we'll see what Luke lays out for us today, and hopefully we'll be able to, uh, to glean some, some good teaching uh, from this uh, that we can apply in our own lives. Um, let's uh, prepare to study by uh, going before the Father. Heavenly Father, we love you today. We are grateful, Jesus, for your presence in our lives. We're grateful for uh, the fact, Lord, that we don't journey through this life alone, that you are faithful and true. Uh, You stick uh, to us closer than a brother, and uh, we're so grateful for that, Lord God. Um, Your friendship and uh, your love are a tremendous gift, and uh, I think in my own life, where I would be without you, oh, Jesus, where would I be without you? I'm so grateful for your faithful love, and uh, Father, I trust once again that your Spirit will be faithful to teach us as we embark on studying your Word together. And we pray that you would um, uh, that you would just uh, eliminate every distraction that would keep us from hearing uh, from you through your word today. And we ask all these things in the mighty name of Jesus, our Lord and Savior, whom we love. Amen. All right, this is Luke 18, uh, 7, 18 through 35. John's disciples told him about all these things, uh, calling two of them, He sent them to the Lord to ask, Are you the one who is to come, or should we expect someone else? When the men came to Jesus, they said, John the Baptist sent us to you to ask, Are you the one who is to come, or should we expect someone else? 
At that very time, Jesus cured many who had diseases, sicknesses, and evil spirits, and gave sight to many who were blind. So he replied to the messengers, Go back and report to John what you have seen and heard. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is proclaimed to the poor. Blessed is anyone who does not stumble on account of me. After John's messengers left, Jesus began to speak to the crowd about John. What did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed swayed by the wind? If not, what did you go out to see? A man dressed in fine clothes? No, those who wear expensive clothes and indulge in luxury are in palaces. But what did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. This is the one about whom it is written, I will send my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare your way before you. I tell you, among those born of women there is no one greater than John, yet the one who is least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. All the people, even the tax collectors, when they heard Jesus' words, acknowledged that God's way was right, because they had seen, because they had been baptized by John. But the Pharisees and the experts in the law rejected God's purpose for them for themselves because they had not been baptized by John. Jesus went on to say, To what then can I compare the people of this generation? What are they like? They're like children sitting in the marketplace calling out to each other. We played the pipe for you and you did not dance. We sang a dirge and you did not cry. For John the Baptist came neither eating bread nor drinking wine and you say he has a demon. The Son of Man came eating and drinking, and you say he is a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. But wisdom is proved right by all her children. Now, this is uh, this is a very interesting passage. Um, Jesus is not answering uh, the questions of the two sent by John in a direct way nor is he giving a direct uh, answer to any of those in the crowd uh, who continued to listen after those messengers of John went back to John with Jesus' reply. Um, It seems as though sometimes he speaks in code, (laughs) and that's the nature of a parable, is it's a teaching that can be discerned on the face value level and the deeper lessons of the teaching probably missed. Now, These are not parables per se, but Jesus is not uh, giving them direct answers to the question. Now, John had been hearing about some of the things Jesus had been doing, and, um, and as we're tracking along through Luke, we see the different things that he, he did, in fact, do, the different healings he performed, the cleansing of the leper, the restoring of sight to the blind, the resurrection that we just read about in the previous passage, the healing of the servant who was sick, uh, the releasing of people who had been um, harassed and oppressed by evil spirits. And uh, when they come asking Jesus, are you the one or should we keep our eyes open for someone else? He doesn't just say, yes, I'm the Messiah. (laughs) He says, look upon what I've done and discern for yourselves. If this is not the work of the Messiah, then you tell me. And um, and then he talks about John's uh, ministry of preparation and says that John was sent as a messenger to prepare 
you're way before you. And so he's giving all these hints and clues as to his identity without giving them a direct answer. Jesus was intuitively aware of God's timing for the revealing of his true identity. And um, he was careful to protect it so that all of the things that needed to take place as we're moving toward the cross would take place. If Jesus would have just stood on the corner and said, I'm the Messiah, um, he likely would have been viewed as a crazy person. And so he allowed God through the Holy Spirit to do the work of convincing hearts uh, through the signals that he was sending, through his healing work, through his teaching ministry, uh, through his presence with people and his attitude and actions toward people. He was letting his ministry speak for itself rather than declaring himself to be the Messiah. And that requires that people around him pay attention, that they, that they uh, spiritually uh, connect with what God is doing. And the same is true today, my friends. Um, we can stand on the corner and we can announce Jesus for who he is because in faith we are convinced of his identity. We've seen him at work in our lives. We've seen him transform our own lives and the lives of others. We've seen healing work in marriages and in physical bodies. We've seen the works of Jesus. We can account and testify to those things. And yet, to the world, that's not enough. It's not enough until the Spirit woos them, until... Uh, the Spirit breaks through the hardened soil of their hardened hearts uh, with the love of Jesus, and they begin to see Him uh, for who He is um, through their own eyes. We are called to share the message. We are called to testify. We are called to witness to the works of God, to the kingdom being present in our in our sphere, um, so that People hear what God has done, and they hear us testifying to these great things. And the Spirit can use that uh, to till the soil of their hearts to be prepared to receive the message. But until they're ready, um, it does not matter um, uh, what we say or how we say it or how often we say it. Um, They will not receive it until the Spirit has done His work to woo them and influence them toward faith in Christ. Um, People can be looking at something that smacks them right in the face and still deny that it's true. (laughs) Um, Often people do this when they get word of an illness in their life. They don't want to believe it's true. They, They go through the process of denying it until they reckon with it. And the same is true with faith. Until people reckon with God, until people reckon with Jesus and who he truly is, um, our witness just lays the groundwork um, for faith. And the Spirit working through our witness, the Spirit working in invisible and unseen ways, wooing them to the heart of God, uh, this is all what it takes to bring a person to faith. And then the moment comes when they're faced with the truth once again and they decide, yes, yes, I'm choosing Jesus. Uh, I see him for who he is. Uh, Many years ago, I heard someone say that the kingdom of God uh, is built every time someone sees Jesus Christ for who he really is. And that is the work of God's spirit. That is, that is supernatural work. That is what God is doing in the heavenlies at every moment of every day, moving every human heart that's not reckoned themselves with him a little bit closer to him each day. 
And uh, we pray for a harvest of souls that would be vast and uh, in number and deep in its sincerity. And so we are a part of that, my friends. And we're like John, preparing the way. And the Spirit does the work of convincing and influencing them toward faith. And then Jesus has some commentary on this generation. He says, hey, look, I am standing in front of you, and yet you miss me. You don't see me for who I am. John came preaching his message, and you said he had a demon. I came and and uh, lived among the sinners and, and preached the kingdom to those who were far from God. And you said I was a drunkard and a sluggard and a glutton. And uh, you missed who I was. And I love what he says in verse 35. But wisdom is proved right by all her children. When the wisdom of Christ, the the uh, Sophia of God, the, the, the wisdom of God, the personification of God in Christ uh, is made known to a human heart, they know and they respond. And it's like, the union of souls in that moment where that person's spirit recognizes the spirit of Christ and eyes are opened, the scales fall off, and the kingdom is built yet again as this person comes to see Jesus for who he is. Uh, my friends, I would encourage you to pray for those around you that you're sure uh, don't know the Lord and ask God what your role might be. And then I pray also that we would have the courage to witness and testify to the very work of God in our lives um, to those around us, that we would raise the banner and, and not be ashamed uh, to lift the banner of faith uh, and, to, and to lift up the name of Jesus in the presence of those around us who don't know him so that they might come to see him as he is for who he is. And uh, oh, how heaven celebrates each time that happens. All right, my friends, thanks for hanging out today. I look forward to being together with you again tomorrow. You, got, you guys have a great day. God bless you and take care.